Hey, I'm Brenda. She, her. Uh, hey, I'm Austin. He, him. And this is Secret, Secret History, History of, of Nerd, Nerd Mysteries. Welcome to the latest installment of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. My name is host Brenda. I'm host Austin. And today is a new day. <laughs> I really love that we decided our name is host Brenda and host Austin. I, I know. <laughs> I, when you get married, you get the marriage license thing. Um, I, and I got married a few years ago. And you can, whatever you write on that, like whatever you write on your marriage license is your name now. It's like one of the easiest ways to change your name is to get married with a marriage license because it's they're just like, that's your name now. Um, and I regret that I didn't know we would do this podcast in two years and just make my name host Austin legally. <laughs> you just weren't prepared for what the future <laughs> held, which was this podcast. <laughs> All right. So, Austin, um, I know there was a really big storm and you lost power yesterday. Yeah, it was super great. Uh, so I'm a... I, Live in Grand Rapids, there was a really, it's been miserably hot. And then there's this big storm rolled in and we were like, this is so rad. It feels so good. <laughs> and then the fans all turned off. And what, what, what happened is like, I went to go check on the back porch because we have a lot of plants and there's some lighter ones and I didn't want them to blow away. And mm -hmm. I came in, I was microwaving lunch and like the microwave stopped. And I assumed like the microwave's done because there's it's the summer and it was the middle of the day not a lot of stuff was turned on in our house yeah um and then hannah uh, my partner came from downstairs and was like the power's out and i was like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh oh no i i this is bad i'm working from home because as we record this it's still a pandemic um and you can't work from home on the internet when the power's out because then there's oh, no, no internet <laughs> The internet just goes out. Uh, so I had to go to my office, and it was, it was a mess. We had like we. It was an interesting day because we had a lot of plans centered around having power. Oddly enough, like, mm -hmm. um, I just got the Star Wars Fallen Order game finally, which has been oh, very yeah. fun. Um, Ooh. and my partner loves to watch me play it, which is rare. They're not big into. Like, we play Animal Crossing, and if I play, like, Destiny or other, like, sh like looter shooter games, like, they, it's mildly interesting, but they're not too involved. But they, but we both love Star Wars. Um, and so it's been fun to play and have, like, an audience. I haven't had that since, like, I was a kid, really, with my siblings. Um, mm -hmm. To have someone who's, like, interested in the story, but they're like, I can't really... I'm not good at games, and I under but I like the story, so it's fun to like be the, like I'll be the hands, and you can like watch this story. Um, so essentially, it's like I was gonna play Star Wars for the four hours I didn't work, and she was gonna watch, and then the power went out, <laughs> and we we couldn't do laundry, we couldn't run our dishwasher that was full of dishes from like making dinner. It was like. Aww. It was, I'm like, the one day we were like, we need power. Because most days it's it's almost, it's kind of whatever, because we're busy gardening and stuff. But we were like, you know, it's hot. Let's just, like, play Star Wars. Nope. 
<laughs> Power goes out. Because <laughs> we... Because we had done all of our guardian gardening the previous days. We were like, we're done with gardening for this week. Things are looking good. Um, was it 90 degrees on Tuesday in Grand Rapids? Yes. Oh my God, you were gardening in that? We all just like went inside and we were like, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with us. <laughs> Honestly, it was 90 on Tuesday. It was like 94 on Monday or something. Um yeah. It was it was pretty gross. People don't realize that Michigan gets as hot as it does and as humid as it does. Yeah. Because we're like, you know, if you look at the map, we're like kind of like, we're adjacent with uh, Minnesota. And Minnesota is always kind of cold. Minnesota doesn't get warm. But something about being surrounded by all those big bodies of water. Yeah. And being in like the direct, direct trajectory of Florida. Uh, <laughs> Michigan gets really hot, which I'm fine with. Like heat doesn't bother me. Um, if I'm in the house too long, I get cold. So I haven't been hanging out in the basement because I just get really cold. Um, so I've been working on the back deck and I was working on the back deck on Tuesday. <laughs> um, I just get really cold and I have to force myself to get out of the sun because the sun will destroy me one day. I know it. <laughs> I just like to sit in it. Not for any particular reason other than it's warm and I want to be warm. <laughs> Are you... I don't know why it makes me think of... Um... I don't remember her name. The Miss Frizzle's was it Liz? Was Liz Miss Frizzle's pet from Magic School Bus? Oh yeah, the was it an iguana? Yeah, I think it was an iguana. It makes yeah. me think of the reptile episode where like Liz and the bus both went, <laughs> fell asleep because they became reptiles and got too hot, <laughs> and they had <laughs> they had to figure out how to wake them up so they could get out of the like reptile. I don't. That show was weird. <laughs> that show was really weird. We all just accepted it. We were just like, oh, we're in space now. Okay. And it's like, oh, we're lizards now? Sure. <laughs> you might get baked into a pie. <laughs> you might. <laughs> well, this is a terrible segue, but it's probably as good of a segue as I'm going to be able to do today. <laughs> um, Magic School Bus was a cartoon, and I think maybe it aired on a little channel called Nickelodeon. Am I wrong about that? Um, was it on Nickelodeon? It definitely originally aired on PBS. It may have also recast it on Nickelodeon it got recast all over because it was uh, a hit yeah but I think it was PBS in our lore at one point it was uh aired on Nickelodeon which would make it a an honorary Nicktoon this week we're talking about Nicktoons Nicktoons, <laughs> Nicktoons! there were like a lot of things I thought about this week and eventually I was just like you know just want to talk about Nicktoons with my buddy Austin thanks so yeah so in order to talk about Nicktoons, we really briefly just have to talk about, like, the inception of the channel Nickelodeon, which was one of the first, like, channels for children. I think we've discussed this in, like, the Disney. Yeah, we've talked the, about the it Disney. a few times. It's weird because, yeah. like, this is, it's, like, pretty recent history. Like, it, it basically just happened for TV and people are already over TV. <laughs> yeah, it was such a flash in the pan. But at the time, it was, like, revolutionary because nothing like it had existed before. Um Nickelodeon kind of got its start on this like experimental two-way multi-program cable television system called Cube, uh, Q-U-B-E, which uh, was like an experimental kind of like, it's hard to describe. It had like pay-per-view kind of type programming. It had like very specialized channels, which was new at the time. So like Nickelodeon would have been one of them. Um, It was like it launched in Columbus, Ohio as like a test market. And it was pretty successful there but it just wasn't able to kind of um 
grow outside of that and be profitable. But we wouldn't really have like the guides we have like on um, on cable nowadays or uh, some of the interactivity that we get. That was really like the first time that had been attempted all the way back in 1977. I hope that makes sense because it was really hard to figure out what Cube was. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a, it was, it's a, it was like a premium some sort of premium access thing before there was like what we understand as premium cable now. Yeah. So I think to me, what it sounded like was a TiVo. Like if you oh, remember yeah, TiVo yeah, was yeah. kind of feels like it had like a lot of TiVo um, aspects to it. And they were trying that all the way back in 1977. But like I said, it had specialized channels. Um, and one of those specialized channels was pinwheel. <laughs> Which was both the name of the program it showed, Pinwheel, and um, the name of the channel. So Pinwheel was like kind of like a uh, sort of Sesame Street like program that would like have like live action segments interspersed with uh, short cartoon segments, and all these cartoons weren't like created by the Pinwheel company for the show specifically. These were like sourced from like around the world, um, specifically like Europe. So they were like Paddington shorts that were shown there, and like uh, a lot of like. Um, East European shorts mm -hmm. that we otherwise wouldn't have seen. So it felt new because they had never been shown here. Um, but they honestly just got them for very cheap. So eventually Pinwheel would kind of branch out to other programming and be picked up like by like regular cable after Cube just did not spread like they had hoped. Mm -hmm. um, and then the channel was changed. Its name was changed to Nickelodeon. And it really focused on just like recycling live action shows and a couple cartoons, but mostly live action for mm -hmm. a while. Um, and it wasn't until um, August 11th, 1991 that they d premiered their own cartoons. And that was Doug, Rugrats, and a third one that I'm not going to talk about. I have so many questions, but if you don't want to talk about it, that's okay. I'll look it up I thought later. about it. Yeah, I thought about it. Uh, and I was just like, we would have to, honestly, we would have to put a lot of content warnings if we were to kind of get into why I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, no, that's which, okay. Which, also we could, but um, we can just also just not talk about it. No, we just won't talk about it. If you, cool. if you want to know what Brenda's talking about, go, go Google it. Go look up look what up happened August 11th, 1991. Yeah, <laughs> whatever the third Nicktune was, but the, that really, other one, Doug and Rugrats are the the big ones. <laughs> Doug is such an interesting one because Doug's owned by Disney now. Yeah, so that was uh, when Nickelodeon first launched the original Nicktoons. They didn't produce them in house, so they were produced by like other companies. Mm. So Doug was produced by Jumbo Pictures, and Rugrats was produced by Classic Chupo. Um, so at that time, because they weren't making them themselves. They could go to other networks, so which is how Doug ended up um, on Disney and how Jumbo Studios ended up making a lot of different projects for Disney down the line. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's just because Nickelodeon didn't have their own studio at that point right. and didn't own the cartoons 100%. I think that's interesting because um, I remember when Doug moved to ABC and was like part of the Saturday morning cartoons um, and being younger and being confused because like, I thought it was nick like it, when you're a kid like you don't care too much about ownership but i remember the shift when doug's animation got brighter because disney was into that like yeah. brighter animation style um and it became Dis it, i remember it saying disney's doug and when i watched on the gloating and it just said doug and i was like what 
Why is it was so confusing? Because it it shows the difference between the two the two companies' approach to animation. Mm-hmm. So like Disney's Doug is polished and bright, and like it's not like off model ever or scratchy. And then like Nickelodeon's is like everyone is kind of angular or lumpy, and there's like lots of scribbles everywhere, mm-hmm. and the colors are kind of wonky. Um, that's because Nickelodeon purposely did that. Because they wanted to set themselves apart. They wanted to have uh, cartoons that were not tied into products specifically. So this ties into what we talked about last week with the Saturday morning cartoons episode. Mm -hmm. They specifically did not want um, shows that were just to promote products. Mm -hmm. And they wanted it to have a more unique style to it. They wanted it to be creator-based and to show the creator's unique um, art. So that's, that's kind of why... It's cool that we have Disney's Doug and we can see like that difference so starkly. Yeah. Um, with like we have the same characters, just two different um, types of art styles and different approaches to art. And really that was the first time that like cartoons, um, aside from some kind of like some resurgence in the fifties, cartoons were incredibly stylized and outside of the box that Disney had set years prior. Yeah, I mean Nick Nickelodeon, like their character designs are weird. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're arguably weird designs and they don't they don't transfer well to not their cartoon like i remember um uh what was i gonna say i remember arnold from hey arnold um and i remember they tr- at one point they tr- i remember seeing a toy of arnold i swear it must have been <laughs> after the movie or something like someone tried that and it just it just didn't it was unsettling <laughs> Like, the Rugrats also looked bad in, like, 3D models. Yeah. And, oh, the worst ones, Fairly Odd Parents characters. Oh, look yeah. absolutely hideous in 3D. <laughs> that Jimmy, Jimmy Timmy Power Hour is a sin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Fairly Odd Parents portion to Jimmy Timmy Power Hour is fine because Jimmy's in 2D and mm-hmm. it, lo- it looks pretty good. It's, like, it's a lot easier to translate 2D. Um or 3D into 2D than it is 2D into 3D. Because Timmy was only ever designed to be a flat character, and yeah. then you put three dimensions in <laughs> it, him, and it just no looks good. like a, Oh, it looks so <laughs> bad. And there's three of those movies. <laughs> there's I only knew of two. They made a third one? Oh, there's a third one, and I can't tell you... I can't tell you what happens in any of them. I've seen them all, but... <laughs> Yeah, there's there it's a whole trilogy. <laughs> the only thing I remember from those movies is Jimmy and Timmy fighting over Cindy, is that her name? Yes. And oh. and just thinking like I don't like they were like I remember when the first one came out I was about the age you're meant to be like they were 10 or 8 or 11 or like they're somewhere in there and just thinking mm-hmm. why are you fighting each other over a girl? She doesn't seem worth it. She's not very nice. Yeah, also she's ne- not nice neither neither of you are worth her like no none of you are worth the other one's time please <laughs> the multiverses maybe i'd stick i don't i that was probably it right something with magic science something 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 yeah it's like here's magic here's science put them together probably the villains team up although i could tell you who jimmy neutron's villains yeah are. jimmy neutron's villains were like there's a rich kid who is mad that jimmy's smart <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah one was a pizza yeah <laughs> usually jimmy's villains were like jimmy like it was he was like i made a thing uh-oh i made a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i made something oh no it's bad and it's like jimmy stop inventing things you just ruin everything for everyone around you 
Your city is constantly in peril. <laughs> because of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just... I'm, I just... I need to get the image of Jimmy Timmy Power out our hour out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, I will tell you about another cartoon. Um, the first in-house series was... Uh, that Nickelodeon produced in their own studios was Rocker's Modern Life in 1992. So they didn't waste time. I think they saw early on the complications of dealing with um, outside studios Mm -hmm. and having to like mitigate that. So they like pretty quickly uh, moved everything into their own production that they could. Um, And so Rocker's Modern Life was the first Nicktoon produced in their own studios. You know, I was never a fan of Rocker's Modern Life. Like a lot of the... Me neither. Weird, the like... I, I just talked about how the designs are weird, but like the weird ones that were just like, we, like they just felt like they were just weird. And I'm sure yeah. if I had been older, like some of their like, knowing they wanted a more artistic look at it and like creator owned, like I'm sure if I had been more of like a tween instead of a kid, like maybe I would have like found it cool, you know? Like this is not, this ain't, this isn't my little brother's cartoon, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah, we were just, like, maybe a little bit too young, because I didn't like it either. I, what, I like Doug. Mm-hmm. Doug is, like, just so chill. Like, uh, Hey Arnold's pretty good, because mm-hmm. that was pretty normal, too. Um, SpongeBob, the first seasons are good. Mm-hmm. But, like, Angry Beavers, don't like. Rock is Modern Life, don't like it. Cat Dog, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated Cat Dog. I didn't. I didn't hate Rocco's Modern Life. I didn't. I didn't like it. I, Angry Beavers. Um, my siblings were really into it, mm-hmm. and so it grew on me. Like I found some humor in it, and I think by that point, I was watching on like other channels, like Ed and Eddie on Cartoon Network, which was also just like, just like thirty minutes of like slapstick, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I warmed up to it essentially, but I was definitely more a fan of the story-based cartoons that it wasn't like they had some kind of big arc how we might think of cartoons now but just like each episode or half episode since like Rugrats did the 10 minutes an episode 10 minutes a new story like I was into those more so where I could follow like a story yeah there was like a plot structure to that instead of just like we're running around like this time I guess we're chasing a balloon now like yeah (laughs) there was like they usually like Rugrats usually they would find a thing they would learn about the thing. They would go on a tiny adventure at the end. Like, yeah. it was a pretty simple structure. Doug was always just like, I have anxiety. Basically, <laughs> Doug is like, wow, I really like patty mayonnaise. But if I tell her, I'm pretty sure the world will end. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get that. Relatable. Very relatable. I, I remember the arc of Doug, like of Doug's crush on patty mayonnaise to him, like starting to like her to him finally telling her like followed the arc of like my trust my crush i had as a kid um where like i liked her a lot and i didn't want to tell anyone and then like i started telling my friend like i it was like the exact arc um she ended up moving away by the time doug was with patty mayonnaise in the show like my crush uh she had moved away her dad was a military guy um oh so like he got she was like there for most of middle school but by the time middle school was like was picking up i wasn't it was like sixth seventh grade somewhere in there where like you actually um where if you are someone who wants to be dating people you're like starting to actually ask them out um Mm -hmm. and it was like she moved away like i think that year when i was finally like oh going on going to the mall could be fun (laughs) like that kind of thing exactly 
All right. What other? Oh, here's a fun fact. Uh, SpongeBob and CatDog were both announced on the same day. Wow. Really? Those shows feel... <laughs> those, in my head, those shows came out like a hundred years apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like when you stop and think like SpongeBob came out in 1999. So SpongeBob is ancient. Yeah. Just older than dirt. Oh my. SpongeBob... <laughs> You know, I'm now, it has to be a Hanna-Barbera cartoon or something, but I'm like a SpongeBob the Longest Running cartoon, but there's probably like a Looney Tunes that, they're like, technically we release one new episode a year still, so. I feel like, I'm going to look this up, longest running cartoon. It's got to be SpongeBob. Oh, no. Well, if you include adult animation, it's going to be The Simpsons. Oh, get out of here. Get out of (laughs) here. Oh my God, that guy. (laughs) Okay, so it's. Scooby-Doo is the longest uh, running animated series. If you count every Scooby-Doo quote-unquote series and combine them together, Scooby-Doo That's is what I, I was like, it's got to be something where they're like, technically, we release something within a calendar yeah. year every year. And you're like, okay, but yeah, for Spun- Here's a list. Here's a list of uh, animated television series by episode count. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longest running uh, <laughs> television, animated television series is called... Sandmanchen. <laughs> it has 190 seasons wow. and 45,000 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, everybody. I'm going to put it on paper now for when me and Brenda make it to a year. I guess we're going to watch that show and tell you about it. Oh, I have seen pictures of this. This is, it's like a really old, I don't think it's animated. I think it's pop, stop motion. Anyway, we'll get back to this later. <laughs> it's our one year anniversary on San Manchin. San Manchin. Um, but yeah, for Wow, didn't expect Still <laughs> Go ahead. Still for SpongeBob, that's two, 1999, so it's oh, oh wow, math. I'm a I'm a psychologist. Um All right. Is that 20 years? 20? That sounds right cuz 10 would be 2009. And 10 more is 20. Yeah, yeah. So it's over 20 years old. Oh my God. Which is, that's, <laughs> that is unheard. In today's, like, I don't, society in today's, like, market of cartooning, like, that's unheard of. It, yeah, it's, well, Teen Titans go, though. Teen Titans go. <laughs> it's getting there. It's probably not, nothing can ever exceed SpongeBob at this point. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that kind of, SpongeBob maybe kind of ruined Nicktoons. <laughs> I I will say bit. SpongeBob definitely I will I I'll do it for you. I I will go on record SpongeBob was the greatest and worst thing that happened to Nicktoons. Yeah. Um I think we'll touch on that a little bit later. But first I kind of want to talk about what I perceive as the golden era of the Nicktoon, mm-hmm. which is the 2000s. Um so this is when I was really hardcore watching cartoons. I'm going to guess you were really hardcore watching cartoons. Oh, yeah. Um uh this is when Fairly Odd Parents, oh, yeah. SpongeBob, Avatar, <laughs> um, Danny Phantom. Say What's it. another one? Yeah, <laughs> just to say it. <laughs> My Life is a Teenage Robot, oh, yeah. which I know is not. It's a super super good show. It did do super well, but it's good, so I'm gonna include it in the golden era. Um, Chalk Zone is another one. He's got the chalk. He's got the chalk. <laughs> Did it go like chalk so, zone? I remember doing that with friends because <laughs> this was when we still had chalkboards in class. Um, mm-hmm. And every every morning in a homeroom, someone would run up and draw the chalk zone circle. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, I love that. Yeah, so this is like the golden era of 
the Nicktoon. Just like just all these great shows that like, he could just like sit down and watch Nickelodeon all day and everything would just be good. Well, I think too for the, the most part the breath of like because you have shows like Avatar and Danny Phantom running around that do have more like big. I mean, Avatar has a huge arc to it, and Danny Phantom I feel like was them experimenting letting people do that where like there was some bigger stuff like they were reoccurring characters and there was like some reoccurring themes and like villains and like things they had to solve um mm -hmm. but then you... and it built upon itself as like time went on right like, there was like actual changes that were made so it's not like timmy turner who's just hecking around until the end of time <laughs> it's like there's like some development but it still like suffered from kind of having like a tone problem where it was like trying to be a comedy yeah so i love danny phantom but it definitely has like a tone problem but it also tried a lot of like stuff that hadn't really been done in cartoons i feel like danny phantom yeah. almost got made too it, it had to get made for the medium of cartoons for sure but it almost got made too soon because it felt like it it was like the serious cartoon right um mm -hmm. and there are serious cartoons before i mean we talked at length about gargoyles and batman the animated series that were like serious cartoons but they were nicktoons hadn't really done that that was like kind of their first four way into it everything else like it was like fairly odd parents which like had serious episodes where like timmy may loses godparents but it was still more like slapsticky mm -hmm. um and same for spongebob like I, I won't say the spongebob movie had some serious tone but not really the show ever. Um, except when he lost Gary. Except when he lost Gary. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Poor one out for Gary being lost. Um, <laughs> Gary got lost. Wait, no, he didn't get lost. SpongeBob was mean to him. He was mean. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, and there's a time he likes Patrick better because Patrick has cookies. But. Oh, yeah. Danny Phantom was really, I mean, even the opening was like, it was like trying to do something that. I don't think Nickelodeon was ready to let someone do. Definitely not. I remember reading like interviews with like people who worked on it that they were just constantly having to pull back their ideas because one it like involves like ghost, which in turn involves death. Mm -hmm. So they were like the network was constantly just like you can't do this, you can't do this. They can't be actual like uh, people who died anymore. It's like Vlad can't actually be a vampire. Like just all of these notes, they're like. And restrictions mm -hmm. so eventually as like the series went on it kind of just like got goofier especially around season three when they were just like done like they were like we're okay we're done mm -hmm. <laughs> um if it had come out now or even like a couple years ago i think it wouldn't have had to deal with those kinds of restrictions and would have been able to be a more like coherent serious show mm -hmm. and i still i'm still holding out hope for like a reboot that doesn't involve rich hartman at all like just oh yeah keep him out of this yeah i let, let's just say, hey, but Butch Hartman, if you're listening, go away. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Get out of here. Because <laughs> he wasn't what made that show good. It was, like, everyone else who, like, did the writing and, like, work around it and, like, created, like, the style. Mm -hmm. And um, pretty much I don't like any of the episodes he wrote, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, thanks, Butch Hartman. Also, just yeah. since we're talking about Nickelodeon, Dan Schneider, if you're listening, fuck you, too. <laughs> Get out of here, Dan. Fuck you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Fuck if, off. if Nickelodeon, like, I mean, today, if they had re re announced Danny Phantom, th like, that could be like a flagship to Nick streaming. If they're like this, this cool teen ghost show, I'd be like, oh, I'm signing up for that. That sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, the core of it is like super solid and really good. And I just want more than anything to see it fully realized. Um, if people for some reason haven't seen Danny Phantom, and I don't know if there's a way to watch it now. So I'm sorry if you can't. Uh, Let's see. It was on Hulu. I know. Still on Hulu? It bounces around. I feel like it'll probably, because Nickelodeon and Netflix have this, that new deal going. So I'm hoping, what I'm hoping is creators that had shows can go to Netflix with ideas. Cause like they're doing that for Avatar. Like they're making a new Avatar series for Netflix. Yeah. And then they also had the Invader Zim movie yep. that came out last year. And there was Rocco's Modern Life mm-hmm. uh, sequel kind of thing that came out last year too. And Nickelodeon has a full-fledged cartoon series. I think it's called Codebreakers. Give me one moment. Glitch Text. Sorry, I was very <laughs> wrong. Um, it's a show called Glitch Text, which is considered a Nickelodeon show, but it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So Nickelodeon produced it and everything, but it's not on Nickelodeon. It's on Netflix oh. in its entirety. Um, I haven't seen it. I heard it's pretty good-ish. Um, so there's... That collaboration, I think that there's a lot of potential for um, a new generation of Nicktoons, mm-hmm. separate from the channel, maybe. Because, yeah. as we've said previously, Cable is dying. Cable's pretty dying. I mean, we've talked about, too, Nickelodeon's grown more into letting these, like, serious tones in the shows. Like I've like we talked about on the Ninja Turtles episode, like, Splinter dies in the, the 3D Ninja Turtles show. I don't think in the new 2D one. Um, they have a whole arc where Splinter dies and... The turtle, like, and he's dead, and they got to deal with that. Um, yeah, and, and even like Avatar: The Last Airbender, which came out uh, a year after Danny Phantom, um, that was super revolutionary mm-hmm. of like the subject matter that it tackled. Like, literally, nothing had been done like that before. Yeah, it's. I'm very interested to see what they do going forward because I know the creators for Avatar. Um, I know their names are Mike and Brian. I forget their last names. Everyone calls them uh, Brian. Yeah, let's just say Mike and Brian, because, yeah. like, I-, I can see Brian's last name. It's like, but I don't know how to say it. I know people call them so. Bike, or Brike, is, like, they're, like, they're, they're, like... <laughs> their ship name? Yeah, their ship name. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen a picture of them, Brian looks like a, like, normal cartoon person. And if I have this correct, Mike looks like he wants to be Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> And they very much look like a couple. And they, for all I, I don't believe they are. If I, if they are, and it sounds like I'm making fun of that, I'm not. I don't think they are. But <laughs> there's not really a way to know the personal life of like animators. That's not like a thing you can wiki. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe I was googling them last night. I don't remember why. Sometimes I wake up at four in the morning and I'm just like, in a cold all right, sweat. time to <laughs> time to Google the creators of Avatar. <laughs> and like, I couldn't find too much about them. They're, you know. Uh, we know their names but we don't know them that's pretty much it but i also know they have a lot of they had a lot of gripes with working with nickelodeon for similar reasons like that there's a lot they wouldn't do with avatar last airbender that they were just told no or they had to pull back and that there's i know there's a lot with cora that went wrong between them and nickelodeon yeah cora was and I love Korra. I just, I, it's flawed. And I get why it's flawed. Because, like, Nickelodeon put, like, so many restrictions on what they could do. Nickelodeon changed when they were airing the show pretty often. Mm-hmm. And then they showed episodes, like, only online sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't keep up, like, when you could watch new episodes of Korra. And then Nickelodeon stood back and was like, oops. Everyone, nobody likes it. Nobody's watching yeah. it. So It definitely hits you know, weird that it was... 
I don't think Nickelodeon ever had a like female action show. I don't think they did. I was kind of like right before when I was waiting for you to log on, I was kind of looking through like if they had a show that had been like uh created by a fe- like a woman. Mm-hmm. And they do. Um but it's a comedy. It's uh it's the Amy Poehler one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mighty B. And there might be others. This is a huge list. I just have this list up. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, okay, Mighty B, yeah. But then, like, the rest of it, I'm going down it, and it's like, uh, mm-hmm. uh. So we've got Cora. Um, Wanks Club, I guess, is an action show. Yeah. I didn't mean Wanks Club uh, was Nickelodeon. Um, It wasn't initially. I couldn't tell you which channel was on first. Yeah. I don't think it was on Nick first, but Nickelodeon, like, created their own, like, sequel series gotcha. to it. I know. So, um they they have winks club now mm. uh, i'm going through the list um oh i forgot about the exes that was a weird one. Oh yeah <laughs> oh okay so not an action show it got asshole by ginger which is one that gets forgotten about yeah oh i told by ginger is um, hey someone once told me the world is much different <laughs> on the so other I, side i never watched it you never watched i told by ginger no. Oh my! As told by Ginger is what is like what helped get me through middle school. Man, so I, was, I remember like coming across it once and being like, "Well, this looks like rocket power, but it's not." Rocket <laughs> power, so I'm, not I'm not interested. <laughs> oh, that's that's a fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> so as told by Ginger, follow the life of the main character Ginger, whose last name I do not remember. Um. But ginger it, ginger yeah it was it was another like it was like a slice of life tween show she was a tween she was like like there's an episode where she wants to wear makeup and her mom won't let her like that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. but that's another one that dealt with a lot of serious stuff like her parents are divorced her dad is not around he's like a he's a he is a bad father um Oof. he's like absent but not around dad there's a whole episode where ginger is in a place in a play or giving a speech at school um and which all she wants is her dad to come like watch her at this thing and he there's like a phone conversation with me that's off camera where he promises he's gonna be there um mm. and his mom's like you know he's gonna just like her mom is seen as like the bad guy in the episode because she's like dad's gonna be there and like when you're a kid he's like of course her dad's gonna be there um ah. and dad doesn't show up uh ever she has like a little seat waiting for him with like his name with like ginger's dad or something on like the card and he never shows up he he leaves like a the half-hearted bad dad voicemail you know when she gets home that she hears it and it's a really tough episode um there's an episode where ginger writes a poem that that a lot of the adults in her life think it's her alluding to self-harm or suicide um Mm -hmm. and ginger swears that it isn't and even I was able, Ginger is one of those hard ones to find, to watch. Um, I was able to find that one and like going back watching it as an adult, like, and being someone that is a therapist that works with teenagers and tweens, like, it very much hits differently as like, it may not be what's actively on her mind, like the top of her mind, but it is worrisome because she, this whole poem's about like this girl who did everything she could to make people happy and then she was gone because she wasn't happy. Um, oh. And just, like, being able to rec- – and, like, she talks to her – I think her English teacher is, like, the one who reads it, you know, and they have a talk about, like, how sometimes you can feel stuff and not know you're feeling. And her just wanting to make sure that Ginger's safe. Um, 
but it dealt with like heavy stuff. Ginger has a few best friends. Um, and one of them is her friend named Darren, who's black and Ginger's white. And to my recollection from when I did research for something else before, that was one of the first animated interracial couples. Wow. Which this is in the 2000s. Like we're. Yeah, this is between 2000 and 2006, everyone. Yeah. Um, and like, grow- like, I remember me and my friends were really into I was told by Ginger. And we found that fact out like when I was a kid and I just wanted to re-verify it as an adult. Because that's, that's pretty crazy when you're a kid to think about like, like me being black and I went to a mostly white school um, for middle school. And so, like, a lot of my crushes growing up were white people, and to just think, like, there hadn't been anyone that may have looked like a relationship I had in cartoons is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really powerful. Yeah, As Told by Ginger was one of, it's still one of my favorite shows to this day. Uh, They have an episode where Ginger wants to have um, a multicultural holiday, because she's upset that um, on her mom's side, she's Jewish, and so they celebrate Hanukkah, and then from her dad, like, it's Christmas, even though he's not around. Um, and Darren is tokenized a little bit, and they celebrate Kwanzaa. <laughs> um, oh, oh cartoon! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they couldn't, they, they couldn't help it. I know Rugrats did the same thing. They're like the Carmichaels, which is Susie Carmichael. They're the black family. They celebrate Kwanzaa, and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every black cartoon family celebrated Kwanzaa. Every black cartoon family celebrates Kwanzaa and only Kwanzaa and nothing else. <laughs> Give me one black cartoon family that is Jewish and celebrates Hanukkah. There's a lot of black Jewish people. Yeah. Give me a black Muslim family. Do it. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Uh, like, what year is this? Come on. <laughs> but I remember she does this like big holiday thing because she wants her community to feel like a community because she's like I have all these friends that celebrate different things and I want to celebrate with them and just like it's a it was a very good show um I remember for a while the end of it they did like a time skip thing where they were adults uh oh and Ginger was like a writer and one of her friends had become like a journalist that was like a gossip which is kind of funny um but it didn't air in the United States originally, it had aired in Germany only. Oh, weird. So I remember watching it in German with English subtitles on YouTube in like 15 parts because you couldn't, <laughs> they didn't want to air it here. Um, That's so wild. Because they didn't think it would sell because like it, like the market, like the kids were still kids. Like it wasn't like we were adults. They just, the creators felt like it's what made sense to wrap up the show is to show you like where they all end up. Um, I think it's, like, Ginger is visiting her hometown again. Like, she's, like, on this book tour, and she, like, comes to do a reading at her hometown, and it's, like, her catching up with everyone and seeing where they all landed. Um, It was a... That's my As Told by Ginger corner. It's a very good show. It's one of the ones on my wish list with this Netflix deal that they put on Netflix, but it's another one that... No, it's in the 2000s enough. I remember you could buy episodes for, like, $15 or whatever on iTunes when that was a thing. yeah. I feel like I saw it streaming somewhere, but I could be wrong. But it just changes so often. Like, even if it was streaming, right. like, on Amazon Prime, it's gone now. Yeah, it's gone. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like and this could be, like, uh, incorrect, but I feel like I've heard that Nickelodeon didn't want their shows to have conclusions. Um, 
because mm. when it airs in syndication, it airs out of order a lot of times. Right. And like, they didn't want to just have the last episode. There's like kind of like a quote unquote, and this could be actually confirmed, but I forgot to look into it. But like that, there is a lost ending episode of uh, angry beavers. And there's like this uh, audio that kind of goes around from like the two voice actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the premise of like this supposed last episode is that like, I don't know, the reality, like, disintegrates, and then they realize that they're just cartoon characters. Wow. This feels, yeah, it feels very fake, but there's, like, some credence to it, because it is, like, the voices of the actual actors. Um, And what I've heard is just supposedly that Nickelodeon didn't want to have conclusions, which is weird that they would make that episode of As Told by Ginger with a conclusion if they didn't intend on ever Mm -hmm. airing it in America. Gonna have to look into this a little more. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like this is, I just... We record this on computers, everybody. Shocker. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally just sitting here with a big list of Nicktoons so I can yeah, be like, right, was, you guys talk about this one. It was, <laughs> was going to be called Bye Bye Beavers, and it was going to begin with Norbert receiving a letter notifying him that the show was canceled. <laughs> and and okay. Norbert, <laughs> Norbert was like the smart, I'm doing air quotes, the smart one. Um, <laughs> it was, it was kind of like a straight man, funny man kind of duo. Like Norbert was like the straight man who kept everything serious and daggett was the slapstick one um but the mm-hmm. episode was norbert trying to explain to his brother that they were canceled and gonna like not exist oh my god <laughs> um so yeah that that sounds that as a kid that would have been horrifying <laughs> yeah it's just like oh they're just gonna stop existing so i kind of get why nickelodeon was like uh uh-uh, no <laughs> but it also makes sense to not have conclusions because yeah you're right like when they would play fairly odd parents for like six hours on saturday and you just watch fairly odd parents for six hours like it didn't really matter how it aired i mean to the point like i don't know if i ever cared when a new fairly odd parents was happening unless it was a big event because you just didn't know yeah i only really cared for like the movies like when they were like a big movie special i'd be like yes please because those are really good most of them um but yeah they would just show new episodes they'd be like Here's here's a fairly odd parents and you're like, have I seen this one or have I not seen this one? Yeah, let's figure it out. Basically, um, there wasn't yeah. there wasn't really uh there wasn't the culture there is around now when like a new episode's gonna come out because again these shows didn't have short of like Danny Phantom and then Avatar the last Airbender like we talked about and then some later years of Nicktoons like it wasn't a continuous story you cared about it was an escapism distraction thing you did for thirty minutes and then you change the channel to see what's on Cartoon Network. <laughs> Yeah, I remember like Danny Phantom would get and Avatar too would have like so like I feel like it was Fridays mm-hmm. when they would like show new episodes. They'd show like a new episode of Avatar and then a new episode of Danny Phantom. And towards the end of Danny Phantom's run, they would literally be like, "Okay, this whole week, new episode every week," and they would mm-hmm. just like spit them all out over the course of a week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was going through this list, and Nickelodeon did kind of have a semi. Um, action like sort of action series led by a uh, female character and that's my life as a teenage robot oh duh (laughs) which is primarily a comedy but it is an action series and it's very good i cannot forget about xj9 i love her so much (laughs) i enjoy the fan canon of um a lot of people seeing it as like a train story because jenny uh gets very mad because her mom Ma, her mom builds her. She is a robot. She's a robot. <laughs> um, with like sentient. She's like a she's a teenage robot. Um, 
and her model number or her mom's name for her is XJ9, but she likes to go by, she says her name is Jenny and gets very aggressively upset when people call her anything else. Um, so I know a lot of trans folks are like, yeah, Jenny's trans. Yeah, me and Paloma watched this like a year or so ago and 100%. It's it's an it's a really good theory cuz it just feels very real. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a it was a good show. It was it was like action comedy. It was kind of monster of the weeky like every episode some sort of robot or alien being comes to earth and does bad guy stuff and then Jenny has to beat them up basically while she also wants to be a normal teenager and like go on dates <laughs> and just be a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, the show had, like, a, a style to it and, like, incredible color direction. So, like, when an action scene would start, like, the whole color palette would shift. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, incredibly striking and um, really visually interesting in, like, a way that you don't really see with, like, a lot of other cartoons. The visual style of the series was at the forefront of everyone's mind. This was an artistic show. And it is so beautiful. It's aged incredibly well. The animation looks like very contemporary mm -hmm. and clean and it's legitimately funny. And I really like it. I really always enjoyed. So Jenny is like, she's like all, she's like off white and pale blue were like her colors. Um, and then anytime she flew, she did like the Powerpuff Girl streak. Uh, mm -hmm. It was always pretty striking. Like you said, like the, they didn't make the sky blue in that series. And now I think about it, it's probably so she could stand out. Like the sky was like a off yellow. Yeah, it was like orange, yellow, red. It was just really just striking. <laughs> um, I had a fact about the show that I seem to have forgotten. <laughs> there was a teenage boy that wanted to date Jenny named Sheldon. <laughs> oh, Sheldon is the worst. Hate, I hate Sheldon. Sheldon is like super creepy. Like, just awful. Just throw him away. <laughs> and, and manipulative. He like builds, uh, like he builds like a robot suit to wear to be a hero with her and trick her into yeah, liking him. Thinking that he's a robot, but no, he's just Sheldon. And he's like, surprise, it's me. And she's like, well, I, I hate that. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's so gross. And I feel like as a kid, they wanted you to feel bad for him because he, he's like, he's depicted as the nerd kid, which a lot of these shows had that he's like the loser and creepy and stuff. And it just, it bums me out because I'm a nerd and I'm like, you don't got to be like that. Like, I get, yeah. I get it. It sucks if your crush doesn't like you back. That, that, listen, that sucks. You move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, sorry that the the robot doesn't like, like you, you. Find something else, dude. I, I don't know. To maybe you can be friends and like just not be creepy. Yeah, just like if creepy. Brad can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and Brad's an idiot. I love, Brad, I love Brad, Brad. Brad's a himbo, everybody. <laughs> Brad is a himbo. He's so stupid. He tries his best though. He's always like he's just there for her all the time, but he's also like just real dumb. And then there's I don't remember his little brother's name. That was just like Tucker. Yeah, and he was just like Ginny's number one fan. He was like, "Ginny, you're the coolest thing to ever exist." Cuz like anytime Tucker, Yeah, he's just like 100% chaos. He's really like really short, incredibly chaotic. Um I remember his vo his voice is in my it was like shrill yelling all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like, "Hey, Ginny." <laughs> like that. <laughs> Jenny! <laughs> Anytime Jenny felt bad, he was like, but you're so fucking cool. You're this cool robot lady who can do anything. Yeah. And she'd be like, okay, 
<laughs> that was a good show. So one I really want to talk about, just to talk about how much I love it, is the wild thornberries. I don't know how you oh, felt yes. about the wild thornberries. Everyone knows Nigel, but does anyone else know anything else about <laughs> the wild thornberries? I don't know. I don't know if people remember them now. It's a really solid show. It, you learn about animals. They have some, uh, so Wild Thornberries files, files the, this family of Thornberries. There's Nigel, who's the dad, who you know from the means. Uh, there's Eliza, who's <laughs> the main character for most of it until they start focusing on the rest of the family. Um, yeah. I don't remember the mom's name, even a little bit. Um, I'm going to say Shelly, but that's 100% wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then her sister's like, Darcy? Darcy feels right. She has Darcy energy. I'm gonna look this <laughs> yeah, up. So wait, we let, know for yeah, sure. wait, we have the internet, everybody. <laughs> we don't have to guess. The internet is here. Eliza, Nigel, Marianne, uh oh. Debbie. Debbie. We weren't we were very close. Oh yeah, it's Debbie, Donnie, and Darwin. They had a lot of D's in their family. <laughs> oh my god. Uh <laughs> Debbie is her six year old is Eliza's six year old sister. Darwin is a chimpanzee that they rescued that Eliza gives clothes to. Um, and Donnie is arguably the most problematic one. He's like a wild boy. I do in quotes. They, just, <laughs> they find a wild quote kid in the middle of the wilderness. <laughs> and they're like, we'll raise and him now. He's ours. Do they ever try to like figure out where he came from? Like find his parents? Like there's, I feel like there's an, do right. I feel like there's an arc where, So the premise of the show is Eliza helps a warthog during a rainforest fire, like get safe. And the, again, this show has some problematic elements. The warthog is like some kind of shaman man, actually, who, who blesses her with this power to talk with and understand animals because she loves animals so much. But the, the caveat is she can never tell anyone because if she does, then they don't have a show. (laughs) That's what the movie hinges on. Yes, the movie hinges on she told someone and she loses her powers and then... And then she's just a normal girl. She has no superpower. Um, But it's interesting. I feel like there's an arc where Eliza finds, like, uh, probably a wolf, like, something that was raising Donnie and, like, they talk. Because it's weird because Eliza tries to talk with Donnie a lot, assuming, like, he's speaking an animal, but it's still just gibberish. Um, The voice of Donnie, if I remember right, is... The, it's like the basis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, excuse me, what? <laughs> the voice. What? I'm like ninety nine percent sure. Yeah, it's Flea. The who is? The, <laughs> he's. What? Why would you get like someone famous to do that? That voice. I mean, Nigel's Tim Curry. Yeah, you're right. But Tim Curry did like so many shows during this time. It's that's like being like, oh, this is a cartoon in which Mark Hamill plays a villain. Like that's special. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fair. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know the story behind that, but I remember finding that out because I used to be really into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But and so that's kind of the premise of the show. Is this is another show that helped lead me towards being an environmentalist because it's like. Every episode's essentially like, wow, human beings are terrible to animals. Just awful. Just absolutely terrible. Because <laughs> um, the show is like, Eliza's parents film like nature documentaries. Like her dad's like the Steve Irwin of this world. Um, <laughs> so that's a wild comparison. <laughs> that's, that's basically what he's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's like, oh, Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> 
Um, and so he like goes around filming animals all over the world. Uh, and Eliza usually talks to the animals and finds out like what's wrong because their parents are always like they're acting weird. We don't know why. And Eliza's like, "Hey, what's up? I can talk to animals. What's wrong?" Uh- <laughs> hey, what's up? Me- myself, a little girl, is gonna go walk up to this giant cheetah and figure out and solve this problem. And she's just like, "Hey, do you have something in your paw?" <laughs> she can talk to them, so their instincts go away. And I'm like, I still don't like. Even if you could talk to like a lion. I think what it would say to you is, you should go away. I'm going to hurt you. It would just be like, get away, get away, get away. <laughs> I, don't, ah! I don't think it would be like, ah, yes. Hello, human child. Come yeah, sit. It wouldn't be like, hello, small girl. <laughs> oh, yes. I shall depart from this place. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm sorry for hurting me. I think it would be like, I'm mad because you guys are at my fucking house. Go away. <laughs> get out of my house. It'd be like, I was being unreasonable. I'm very sorry. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> it, it always worked like that. Um, <laughs> what the moral is sometimes you just got to talk things out <laughs> you did bring up like the sh- the show had a movie and the show also had a crossover movie <laughs> okay so the wild thornberry movie is i think i remember it being pretty good i'm pretty sure it released um, in theaters even it did yeah uh that was like when like all of the channels were like releasing things in the like their cartoon movies in theaters so like during the mid-2000s there were like cartoon movies but they were just thrown onto the channel but like recess the teacher's pet movie mm-hmm. um oh god <laughs> i forgot to talk about teacher's pet last week and i was like oh man i can't believe i gave up this opportunity to just dunk on the fact that teacher's pet <laughs> got a theatrical <laughs> film <laughs> like, oh. god <laughs> they're like the they're like hey you remember the voice of kim possible she does the opening <laughs> Does she? Yeah. Oh yeah, teacher's pet. Yes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Shut up, Christy Carlson Romano. Christy Carlson Romano has a cool YouTube series where she interviews uh like actors from '90s TV shows for nostalgia. Like she interviewed um Walter Jones, who played Zach from the Power Rangers. I, I watched that video. That's where I got some of the stuff for the episode. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch that. Didn't her in like. Will Friedel do like a lot of promotion for the Kim Possible live action movie? They did. They did a lot of promotion. They, I, Christy Romano, I think she seems like a level headed, cool person who's just like hanging out. She's just waiting. Like someone calls her, like, you want to do this? She's like, I'm sure. I love kids. Like, I think she just yeah. loves kids. <laughs> she just, she's just there. She's just in it. Um, <laughs> anyway, Teacher's Pet had a movie. Wild Thornberry's had a movie. Had a movie. Powerpuff Girls had a movie. Doug had a movie. Regrets um, had a movie. Regrets had two, kind of three movies. Kind of three. One of them is if you ca- <laughs> the crossover. The crossover. We made it back. Starring Bruce Willis as the dog. Which <laughs> is so. Yeah, so the Regrets crossover movie is Regrets and Wild Thornberry's. For some reason, I don't. They must have been the most popular cartoons at the. T- I don't know what drove this idea at all. Um, well, Rugrats definitely was Nickelodeon's most popular cartoon. I don't know about Wild Thornberries. At <laughs> I don't all. know if they wanted to save it or if this was like. I'm having deja vu. I feel like we've talked about the subject before. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've talked about what, how popular it was Rugrats. <laughs> Maybe in private. I don't think we have on this podcast. If we, if know. we have, you can just like fast forward a little bit. Um. But anyway, obviously they were popular enough to have a crossover special. And it was like the babies and their families go to 
it's like a jungle resort thing for some reason. Um, and the babies get in shenanigans and they get lost. <laughs> In the jungle, <laughs> which they've they've already been lost in the jungle once, because I'm pretty sure they got lost in the jungle in the Rugrats movie somehow. I think in the the first one's France. Is it the second one? Maybe the second one is France. The second the first one is oh. when Dill is born. Right, you're right. You're absolutely right. The first one is Dill, and the second one is Chucky's dad gets married, and they have a yeah pretty interesting ninja kung fu scene for his dad getting married to an Asian lady later. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mm. this crossover in the the reason we have to bring it up is because the thorn bears are out in the jungle doing their thing, and at some point Spike realizes the babies are lost, and he has to find them, and he meets Eliza Thornberry, so we finally get to hear Spike talk, and he's Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. <laughs> and this is not <laughs> Bruce Willis. He's not a good voice actor, so it's just Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, hello, I'm a dog. And it's like, all right, Bruce Willis. <laughs> I saw an interview that he did for this part, and he's just like phoning it. He's like leaning back in his chair, and he's just like, you know, sometimes you just, you gotta just channel your inner dog, I guess. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Bruce Willis, why'd you do this? Nickelodeon has had a very big check, and I was not busy. <laughs> I'm never busy anymore. I'm Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you don't even have to go anywhere. We can send you the stuff to your house. <laughs> <laughs> Just record this in your basement. Get get your phone blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Tape them to the wall. But that and that's pretty much the movie is Bruce Willis running around with Eliza Thornberry and he's like, I have to find my babies. Um very Bruce Willis style. It's it's like if any Bruce Willis movie, instead he was a dog. <laughs> Which is wild, because like in regular Rugrats, Spike is not a smart dog. No. Spike just kind of wobbles around. His legs are too long. Um, his ears are too long. His nose is too big. He just smacks into walls and chases bugs and just does He's, he's just a dog. And then in, <laughs> yeah. In this movie, he's just like, I have to find the babies. And it's like, it's like Die Hard, but in a jungle and with a dog. Yeah, which is, again, the weird Eliza Thornberry thing. Like, she can talk to animals, and it's like, well, now they're also smart. Because, like, the other thing I've learned as an adult is most animals are not that smart to hold a conversation with you. Yeah, no. I We have a Labrador, and um, <laughs> she'll just be sitting there and just smack her head into a wall. She has no sense of what shape she is. And, like, how not to, like, smack her nose onto things when she's trying to move around. They're really doing their best. I know. I'm like, you just look at her eyes and you're just like, there's nothing there. <laughs> this is a this is peak dog. <laughs> like, um, I want to give a shout out to Hey Arnold. We didn't talk about it much. Hey Arnold's a very good show. It is on Hulu. You should watch Hey Arnold. Yeah, there are too many. We do have to be going, unfortunately, because I could literally talk about Nicktoons forever because there's so many of them. Like, and maybe we'll go back someday and either do like a second part of this episode or, um, which would be fun. That would be fun. Or we could do like a concentrated on like certain series that we want. I would do, love to but... talk about Harold or honestly, All Grown Up, just because I, I <laughs> that theme song slaps everybody. Go listen to the All Grown Up theme song. That's another one I didn't watch because I never watched Rugrats, so oh, it had nothing God. for me. <laughs> Everybody, I, so me and Brenda over the last week have been, we just talk all the time about nerd shit, like cartoons and books and stuff. 
And we have like six other podcasts we want to do from things Brenda hasn't watched or I haven't watched. Yeah, it's like I haven't consumed like any mech like media so like i've never seen pacific rim i've never watched a gundam i have built a gundam which is wild so i've done that. <laughs> yeah i've built one i own a gundam <laughs> um, couldn't tell you a thing about it, it. <laughs> yeah it's like it's a robot i had an instruction booklet i've assembled it it sits on a shelf now um and i've never seen evangelion either even though as you know austin I know the all the words to the theme song. Yeah, when you told me you had never seen Evangelion, I was like, "But you know the theme song." You're like, "Yeah, the theme song slaps." Yeah, it just it's just awesome. So of course I know it. I know a lot of anime theme songs to animes I don't watch. That's I've never seen Yu Yu Hakusho, and I know that that song too. So oh my god, okay, we gotta go, everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it here on this podcast. <laughs> Brenda, what are you doing today, and why is it not watching Yu Yu Hakusho today? I I don't have any plans. Maybe it's watching Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, maybe I'm gonna go float in the pool. Get get a tab. I don't know if you have a tablet. Let's get you a tablet and just sit in the pool and watch Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Put it in a baggie, <laughs> lay on a raft in the pool, watch Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in. Yeah, this is Austin. Oh, did you work on an, an um a closing? <laughs> I I sure did not work on a closing that's... let's let's just see what i can spitball here uh cool thanks thank thanks for listening uh nope what i really want to say everybody is stay nerdy but that is that exists on a podcast <laughs> that me and brenda both listen to and that we i refuse to steal someone's to sign <laughs> off it's like we have to think of our own uh i guess maybe oh <laughs> yeah uh ruby 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I remember one I had was, uh, okay, everybody, let's see how this hits. Until the next mystery. <laughs> Bye. Oh, wait, no, our song. We didn't make our music. Oh. <laughs> the music is done by Freedom Trail Studios. You can find them on uh, YouTube. Uh, Bye. See ya. <laughs>